Welcome to Natural Recovery from Suffering. This is Scott Killaby. Does anyone, when you're when you're a kid, did, did any of you grow up or think about growing up to be a spiritual teacher or even a guru? <laughs> Actually, the word makes me cringe a little bit, slightly, just a little bit. Yeah, and I allow all feelings and thoughts, so we're going to allow that one too. <laughs> no, really, it has not been easy being me. <laughs> I don't know how I got here, you know? Here I am and telling about it on the podcast, but I really, I'm just going to try to tell you this story of this little kid I'm not going to tell you my whole life story, so don't worry about that. You don't have to, like, fall asleep on me. I would never have even done this podcast, this particular episode, I mean, except that, well, it worked. <laughs> that whole spiritual path thing, yeah, it worked. And because it worked so well, I can go back and embrace my story, and it's not painful. I can't tell you how happy I am about that and how much joy that gives me because that's a, that's a long story in and of itself. But basically, I used to stay away from my story because it was painful. You know, the past and the future. Well, the past especially. The trauma in my childhood. <clears throat> like so many. And when I came to the spiritual awakening, you know, game, spiritual seeking game first... I didn't know why I was running or that I was running from childhood or what I was running to, quite frankly. It's all been kind of a blur, kind of like life, actually. Because I'm just, here I am as an attorney, you know, age 30, maybe something. And I've been using drugs up, in that whole, up until that whole time, until age 34. And then I get clean and sober and I, here I am practicing law in Indiana, in a small town, my own practice. I've been a drug addict my whole life. Somehow, I made it to be an attorney. I'm sitting in a law office, and I can't work. Yeah, I had relied on drugs to do everything. I'm like this little kid. There were days when I would sit at my desk, and it's like, I don't have drugs. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I just look at papers on my desk. I don't know what to do with those. It's like paralysis when you've relied on something that has kept you from feeling what you didn't want to feel. And then suddenly, oh, fuck, I might have to feel that. And that's why I got into the spiritual search because, God damn, they took my drugs away from me. What would you do? All right, let me back up here. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm not going to make it a long story because I, these podcasts of mine, I've been telling this story. Basically, here's the story. I grew up gay in the 70s and 80s. I was closeted, of course, because back then, that was the love that dare not speak its name. It was illegal for me to like have sex <laughs> in most states. And I'm a little kid, and I don't even know what gay is. No idea what that is or what 
fucked up things the adults are thinking. You know what I mean? Like adults have no idea the cult of human conditioning that I'm about or that I've already entered. That's what I call it. It's like when you're a little kid, you have no idea you're about to enter a cult and it's called humanity, a little baby. And, you know, as soon as you get thrust out of the mommy's, you know what, it's like, holy fuck, it's the trauma of being human. It's kicking and screaming, what the fuck, I have to survive now. But we don't even know, we don't have language for it, but we have emotions and there's crying babies and angry babies and fearful babies. And you know what? That's pretty true because here we are seemingly separate. I'd be crying too. I was. I'd been screaming too. Well, I was. I'd have been angry. Yeah, I was. When I was a baby, I'm sure, you know, but I don't remember that. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, because like you, I had to tuck all that down in different ways and become a human. A person. And I think that's the thing I always had a problem with, but I didn't know it. I'm a, I have to be this person now. You know, because I, I think I just assumed that that's, you just, okay, you're just a person. Everybody's a person. So now you have to be a good person. Fuck. Right, because my childhood, I buried anger. That's kind of related to why I got bullied. Because I've always been really sensitive. And when I was a kid, if you would have yelled at me, well, Dad did. It scared the shit out of me. I think I might have, like, learned early on that anger is scary. But when I was bullied by the time I was sixth grade, I don't remember any anger. I had already buried all anger by the time I was in fourth grade, actually. And I was bullied from fourth grade to sixth grade. The, the usual bullying, you know, ridicule, hitting you. Well, I don't know what the usual bullying is. Were you bullied? You know, kids waiting around the corner after school. You can't ride the bus home because they're waiting there to chase you or ridicule you or hit you or just whatever they can do to make your life hell. And, you know, learning becomes, you know, here's my sarcasm. Learning becomes challenging for children. Fuck that. It's impossible. I left school, didn't come back for three months. The last three months of sixth grade, I'm gone. Because you adults, you fucking can't deal. You can't fucking deal with anything. That's what I noticed. I couldn't turn towards a fucking teacher or a, a goddamn principal that knew what the fuck they were doing about emotions. Yeah, I've got some energy on that. Because these are the people that are supposed to protect me. And I'm just this little sensitive kid among a group of kids, we're all athletes, and they're all bigger than me. And goddamn, can't you tell, principal, I'm gay. I can't admit it. Oh, yeah, and by the way, I don't feel like a boy entirely. I can't say that either. But can't you see that I'm different than these other athletes, teachers? And can't you see what they're doing to me? They're making my life hell. No, they couldn't see it. And so I just left and stayed home from school. And my tr real trauma began there as I hid from the world. Now, I went back to school, and I assimilated back into the cult. Just like you did after Dad yelled at you or whatever happened to you or somebody hurt you, you just, you survive. They call it in trauma kind of resilience in a way. We bounce back because what's the fucking alternative? We learn to survive. And I didn't know any of this, but basically my body was, in, was recording all of these experiences growing up where I felt like I had to hold anger back and be a good boy at home 
while mom and dad fought and would almost get a divorce. But I couldn't show anger, it felt like, because if I, I, I have to keep the peace here because my fucking universe is going to split in two if they get a divorce. You know, I'm a kid. It serves me well, I think, to bury anger. It didn't serve me well. Well, that's not true either. It served me well when I was bullied, but you know, now that I'm out of anger repression, I wish I would have kicked their fucking asses. And frankly, if, if it would happen right now, I would like to think I would have fucking got right up your face and told you and maybe hit you too, hit you back. But I couldn't do that back then. Because when you repress anger, you have to repress your life force. You can't really be aggressive. It really sucks. It's like being born with all the tools that you need. I have all the emotions, but goddamn, they're not here. So I have to run. I don't know how to get angry at five guys staring me down. So I buried that. Oh, and by the way, when I was bullied, I buried being feminine and gay. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to show that side again. Because that's what they pounced on me for. Anyway, it's the American story. It's the American fucking dream. You know, you grow up and you just forget all that shit. You try to. And, you know, there's different ways to forget. We unconscious adults have, like, all these escape routes. I chose mine. Drugs. What was yours? You know, we all have them. Because we have to survive. And we do it in so many different ways. It wasn't just drugs for me. You know, you know how it is. You become someone that you're not. And you suffer. I mean, that's why I took drugs. Shit, by the time I was 20, I had lied so much to everybody about who I was, I had to swallow painkillers just to be comfortable around people in the same room with them. Because I didn't know it, but it's like, I'm fucking lying to everybody. I have to hold my anger back. I have to hold the shame from childhood. I can't experience joy because it doesn't feel safe. And I don't know it because I'm assimilating into society by the time I'm 20. And everybody's fucked up. As far as I can tell, that's not very comforting, you know? It wasn't comforting when I was a kid. See, this is my victim. I'm, I was a victim, it felt like. Certainly couldn't be a perpetrator. But I felt like I was the victim. And frankly, I hated all of you. Yeah, you, the one listening. I didn't know you. It's not fair, I know. But basically, with shadows, here's how that works. I had to bury my anger to survive that. And once I buried my anger and I became a victim, when I looked out at society, at people who were innocent, basically, heterosexual people, basically, who didn't do anything to me as a kid, I hated you. I fucking hated you. Because you represented that I can't be myself. And I was confused. I didn't know that it was, you know, somebody hurt me when I was a kid because they were hurt. I just projected it onto all of you. And I buried it. Oh, yeah, that, that makes for a fucked up life, doesn't it? Where's that, where's that one going to go? You know, where did yours go? <laughs> Who knows, right? Tell your story. Yeah, because mine went to some fucked up places. So I'm trying to get everybody's approval. Because... That's what I real. I don't realize it. I call it. I'm being. I'm a musician, <laughs> right? I'm a. I play guitar. I'm an artist. That's on the on the level of my consciousness. That's what I'm telling myself. Because I buried myself in writing music, 
once I was bullied and basically played the guitar for like seven years straight in my room. That was my coping mechanism. All that stuff about me that I wanted to express, I couldn't. And there was this guitar, and I could pick it up. And it was powerful, man, because I was talented. And all that pain channeled. I mean, I thought I was. And it was like the only thing I could hold on to. Because it's like they destroyed everything else. I had to bury everything else. That's how it felt. So I'm going to write music. And by the way, I'm going to become famous. I'm gonna f I, that's the revenge I'm going to have against you. That's how it felt, but I wasn't really conscious of it. I just wanted to be a rock star. Like so many kids who don't know that maybe the reason that they do is because they're in really deep pain. I mean, our best artists, they can't even live past 27. The greatest of the great pain driving us. And boy, did it drive me. I mean, I had a passion for music. I played guitar. I wrote songs. My voice was airy and feminine sounding. That the, that gay and that non-binary or feminine sense, I buried it, but you couldn't bury my voice. And so I could sing what my heart wanted to sing, and not what you wanted me to sing. See, that felt important for me, to be able to voice and get on the stage and say, this is how I feel. Fuck you. This is how I feel. You have to hear it. I'm going to turn it up in amplifiers. I'm going to fill the room. This is going to be loud fucking rock music. It's going to be weird fucking rock music. It's going to confuse you. It's going to be so fucking loud, your ears are going to bleed. But when the voice comes up, it's going to be like an angel. Because this is how I felt. That's how we expressed ourselves. It was like when I was on the stage or writing music, it was the only time I felt alive. It was the only time I could really be myself. But trauma steals dreams and hopes. It steals lives. And it stole mine. I wasn't supposed to be a spiritual teacher. That wasn't in the fucking plan. I didn't want this. I just wanted to be a person. But I, I tried to escape my personhood. That's how I got here. How did you get here? I cry for you, not just me, but for you. <laughs> the suffering of humanity.
Did you know that you're carrying it? The world is you. Did you know it? Because I did. I didn't know that. And it was only the non-dual teachers, thank you, that told me. Because I was searching everywhere in this lifetime for freedom. I was looking long and hard in drugs. And man, I was, I was getting there. You know, just give me some more. And maybe I'll die. Maybe I'll fucking check out of this shit. Or maybe I'll get so high that none of this shit would ever matter again. It just didn't work. You know? It just didn't work. I had to, like, fuck, I've got to be a human. So I got off the drugs and alcohol. And as soon as I did, you know, it's like, okay, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I couldn't have the words for it. I'm in the 12-step program. I'm doing everything they're telling me to do. I'm like the poster child for recovery. Because you know what? I hadn't dealt with my trauma. So here I am seeking approval from everyone. And I'm I'm the head of this institution. I'm a sponsor. Man, they love me. I'm like, and I'm not happy, but I'm clean. And I sacrificed my joy and happiness. I didn't think that that's something that I could have. But I thought I could have sobriety. You know how we shoot really low? Like, if I could just, you know, survive, we don't know any better because we have trauma. We already feel really bad about ourselves, you know. But So the, by, by the time we're in, like, the throes of addiction or getting clean, you know, can I get one day? That's all I want. It's just a day where I don't have to, I don't have to take something one day got to another day and another day well but this this life though i realized by the time i'm a year clean it's like i don't really like it because first of all i have to like i've lived my whole i have words for this but i lived my whole childhood not being able to be myself and holding my feelings in and now i'm here and i have to hold my desires in and there's something that doesn't feel right about it but i'm going to keep doing it because there because i get approval and that seems to be a good feeling you know but I, so I don't have the consciousness to know, though, that I switch from chasing the drugs to chasing approval and awakening. I just keep doing it. I'm on autopilot, and it's working. They like me. You know, they didn't like me in school. It felt finally they love me, and I'm grateful for the 12-step program for, yeah, teaching people that they're okay. That's awesome, but it wasn't enough because I'm not going to, I didn't want to just keep seeking approval. So when I found the non-dual message, the, the enlightenment message, Buddha, uh, J. Krishnamurti, Adi Ashanti, Eckhart Tolle, and more, these are teachers who came in and seriously impacted my life. Like these are the real teachers of the world. You know, if there are any, I felt these are the ones that are going to be able to help me. And they did. And I'm grateful. Because, <clears throat> you know, I get into recovery. I'm doing my thing. I'm clean and sober like eight years. And somewhere in that, um, I leave a 12-step overnight social that we're having. Because they're all arguing about politics. And I don't know it, but I'm an anger repressor. That's my whole trauma, you know. And so I'm not really wanting to argue. <laughs> Even though I'm an attorney, um, I did that for approval too. I don't like to argue. 
and I have to leave. So I go home, and I'm already on a spiritual path, right? And it's like I'm cheating on the 12-step program because when I'm not in the meetings, you know, here I am, this, like, avid 12-stepper, and then I just, like, start cheating on the side, and I start doing this non-duality that points to how reality is there's no separation and that there's no you. And that is such a powerful message for a number of reasons that I just was no longer interested in the 12-step message. And so then began my turning towards the non-dual. And stay tuned, because that's where it gets like, you might have been able to relate to me <laughs> up until this point, but that's where I think you will be able to relate to me after this awakening. But watch where this goes. Stay tuned. <laughs> if you're wondering if you uh, missed anything at the end of that last audio, it's just like one word cut off. So I was saying, if, if you think you could relate to me up until that point, actually, I think that you're going to be able to relate to me after, too. But there's some funky things that happened after I became a teacher that I think are a bit shocking, maybe a little surprising for a teacher to experience. Um, so first of all, I didn't, I didn't so it wasn't like the music thing where I was gung-ho to become famous. I was reluctant to be a teacher because of my own repression, I know now. I didn't have the confidence that I needed. I did have the clarity. I had the seeing, except for the anger repression. But I didn't truly have the, you know, with anger repression, you hold back self. So I didn't have the confidence or you could say the embodiment to truly be my own teacher. And so I was modeling what a lot of other teachers do. And that's another part of trauma. We just learn how to behave because to behave how we really want to isn't safe. It's not, we, we think it's not allowed. Right? So I'd show up in a meeting and there'd be 30, 50 people there, however many. And I'm just very quiet and awake and present sitting in the front of the room. And to be honest with you, my experience is quiet and awake. So it's not like I was lying or anything. But it was how I responded to people is where I started to see there's something else here. Because it's like, well, God, I'm really good. <laughs> like, come on. You, you can't just, you can't be that good. Like, in terms of, like, being a good person, a good boy, like a good teacher. You know, I, I, w I wouldn't ever, like, upset people. And then they would be like, well, yeah, because you're enlightened, of course. You don't. But that was only part of it. The real thing is that I was burying anger. So I had to be good. And that conditioning, I couldn't see it in my awareness. It was held in my chronic pain, you know, creating pain for me. But I did what so many teachers do is that we start modeling what we think an enlightenment teacher might look like, but we don't know we're doing it. And as long as we have repression, we might do that until like we die. We could be like an 84-year-old teacher and we're still kind of showing up a similar way because we've never gotten to the repression, so we don't really know what we really are. <laughs> it's strange. It's like we've recognized the oneness, but the question is, who the fuck are you on the level of form with us teachers, you know? Because one of the things that you'll see with, I don't know if you know any non-duality teachers or enlightenment teachers, but we kind of show up and like, 
you know, it's the classic situation. It's the guru. And they're already awake. They're, they couldn't possibly do anything unconscious or wrong. And we just project onto them that they're pretty perfect and they don't have any suffering. And then we make ourselves feel bad that way. Because that's not really what's going on. And see, the teachers who don't tell us what's really going on, to me, they're guilty of omission, which helps the projection. See? So if I can show up in a good way and, and never getting like, too excited or, or don't talk about sex or mm, I don't have any anger, I'm peaceful, all that shit, it's not real because we all have all of it. So when somebody comes out and they seem like, oh, I just have some of it, <laughs> the good stuff, no, no, that's not non-duality. Non-duality is we don't just land on, mm, I'm pretty damn good or bad. Because see, under that was still a sense that there's still something wrong with me. That's why I'm showing up as good and peaceful. Because see, they're still unconscious. That's the crazy thing. Because on the surface, it looks peaceful, but buried could be, I still have to hold anger back. And this is the thing that teachers don't talk about because repression, you don't talk about it. So we're in an area right now that is, that's what I mean, this is this is a special niche or like a special area in my profession that I kind of know about. And I'm like a magician who reveals the tricks. But if you're not in the audience, if you haven't been watching the magic show, you might not be that interested. Well, maybe you are from like the outside, but if you've been seeking awakening, this stuff is pretty right for us because at some point we recognize if we're lucky if we're skillful, that trauma and repression is driving the whole fucking thing. And that the bullying that happened to me when I was a kid and the stuff with mom and dad is why I was seeking and it was why I was showing up a certain way as a teacher. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I thought the suffering was over. But here's the thing. In a lot of those stories, I wasn't suffering because I was getting your love. If I show up good and peaceful and I don't rock the boat, you're going, to, you're going to like me, probably. Especially if you have repression or trauma and you were hurt as a child. You don't want a teacher who can get angry too easily. So I held all that back and I showed up as what you wanted and I didn't know. And that's what my teachers were doing. Except for a few of them that I think eventually found themselves and the others didn't. And I was about to go down that road of not really finding myself and kind of pretending that the absolute is me, which is true. It's what we all are. So there's the tricky thing. Because when you really see that, that that is true, that can be a reason to deny whatever's personal left in your body, the trauma. And that's exactly how it goes right there is that we think that we're this absolute, which is true, we all are this, this awareness, this realization that we have, but it's a really good way to bury anger or hurt or fear or keep it buried and then come out with still an ego facade that nobody can see because it blends in so well. So what? there's a trauma bond in spirituality where there are anger repressing teachers who are, they show up as good and peaceful and they are disarming and safe for anger repressing students who also don't want to go to anger. That was my students. And it's really common actually. 
And therefore, the trauma stays in place through any sort of trauma bond. People are getting something out of it. They're staying safe and getting love. And we teachers get it too, So, but we wouldn't know it. And that's the bamboozle, you know, like we bamboozle ourselves. Because until you're awake to the unconscious, you don't know what you're getting out of something. You're just doing it. So if you're a teacher, you could easily be getting love and safety out of it. But you wouldn't know it because it's buried. And believe it or not, we teachers don't really talk about much of what's buried. A little bit. But for those of you on the outside, not enough. Um, and, and, and basically the reason that's important is because the trauma is buried in the body. So we sit in these meetings and these meditations and we essentially just miss the root of suffering and teachers are leading the way. And I'm not anymore. <laughs> and, and, but that puts me in a kind of a, a, a different like perspective in the spiritual community because I do a lot of criticizing after coming out of repression. Because basically I am the magician that, that kind of uh, broke free from the other mag magicians and said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not in this little cult. We're, we're, not, we're not getting to the root of suffering and we're benefiting and I'm not doing it. And then I created this new path with Dan, which gets to the root from the beginning and so that we don't go to the transcendent just to avoid the hurt which is not freedom right and one reason I'm so vocal about it is because of what happened to me by bearing the anger I got really sick and although when you're sitting with the teacher and everything's really peaceful you know what, what would be the reason to even go into anger until you hear from someone like me that's already been through this, and, I, and I'm telling you, I sat in that quietness and got really sick because I was afraid to go into the really scary stuff. And when I went into it, it wasn't as scary as I thought, and I'm healed. So, come on, <laughs> right? I mean, it's not that easy, but I'm in a place now in my life as a teacher where I just feel very playful. I feel like, I just feel like, okay, the world is suffering, but we have the tools, and it's, it's within us our potential, our freedom. But I know that with repression and trauma, in some sense, we're kind of arguing in favor of our own suffering by believing who we are, our name, our story, uh, by not processing any of that and just kind of living in an unconscious state. And seeking for something outside of yourself to fill it up. And if you notice, it doesn't, work and you just keep trying keep going that's the trauma in case you're not yet on a spiritual path you're on a spiritual path because we all are because we're trying to avoid the buried emotions some of us seek enlightenment that's not real <laughs> enlightenment is just awareness now that we don't want to recognize because we don't want to feel stuff there's no enlightenment in the future so what's what we learn here is that all the seeking was coming from the suffering. But there are people out there, like listening to my podcast, who still don't know that the seeking for the new cars and the, the, the best girl and the money is the trauma. I mean, some of us aren't even aware that we're doing what we're doing in the world still to get mom and dad's love, because some of that is buried.
And most of us don't even know what's really driving it because that's really buried. So if I would have done this from the beginning, I would have done this from the beginning. <laughs> I mean, I would have known that from the beginning, I'm being driven by anger that I buried and the fear of it, fear of being myself. And I would have stopped, I hope, and maybe listened to something like this and, oh, okay, I wouldn't even know if I was doing this, is what Scott's saying. And that's exactly what I'm saying. If a non-dual teacher can do it for 10 years and write seven books, you, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> Most likely. So if you're intrigued and you just want to know more, go to my YouTube channel and, and uh, look for the video, How to Get Started on the Inside Out Path. And that will tell you if you have repression in your body, it's hidden. So that test reveals it. And if you discover the contractions in your body that indicate buried anger or hurt or shame, I'll just tell you right now, I'll just be straight up with you. 10 years as a teacher, I couldn't get to any of that. And so what I see people doing on the spiritual path is, it's, it's, I call it bamboozling ourselves. Carl Sagan said, if we've been doing something long enough that we don't even know we're doing it, and someone presents evidence to us that we're doing that, we would deny it because to look at it would be too painful. And he said that's one of the saddest his, uh, lessons in history. And it's happening right now in spirituality that there are voices that are standing up and saying, there's, there's something going on here that we need to go deeper. That this isn't about trying to escape our human lives that this is about coming more fully into what we really are in relationship, in life, not trying to escape it all because we're going to die soon enough. Sometimes the working towards the transcendence, I'm just trying to get rid of myself. I'm just trying to get rid of this anger or this hurt that I've been bearing. You know, we don't know it. We tell stories about enlightenment and things in the future or when you get all the money that you need and, it's not going to satisfy you. I mean, I know that you should not believe me because it won't work. If you just believe me and you say, well, he said it's not going to satisfy me, so I'm not going to try, then you won't. You might not learn the lesson that you need there. What I've done here is I've created a path where you don't have to leave your life because that was my problem. I tried to leave the world. And it didn't work. I got sick. So I'm here, <laughs> here in the world, saying, if you're trying to escape the world, you might get sick. Because that's the repression. And I would say, if you're seeking, let be really, really clear about what it is. There is nobody in the future, but those are thoughts. So the thought that you're going to get somewhere is a thought that keeps you avoidant of the emotions in the body. What I've done is I've created a path, Dan and I, so that when those seeking thoughts come, you utilize those, and then they heal the repression. And that's actually something new in spirituality, just so you don't know, or in case you don't know, that before, a lot of us teachers, and I was doing this too, is we sit there and we instruct people to just rest and let things come and go.
So, and you see them. So if a thought says, I'm just not there yet, we look at that thought and let that be. And any other thought, and we just let it all come and go. And then if we sit as that awareness sort of long enough, the idea is, is not only will the seeking go, but maybe all my suffering. And that's based in a, an incredibly false premise, which is that the core of the suffering is going to arise. That which is producing all of that is somehow going to arise to awareness and then we're going to end the suffering. But that which is producing it is buried, it's repression, and it doesn't arise. So I think that what we're doing is dangerous because we're disconnecting from the body in many cases, not every path. But every path is different, so we can't generalize. But there's definitely this practice of just letting things come and go with the idea that it's all going to resolve itself. And I'm a living example that as you live as that awareness, that's our true nature. You want that realization. It's okay to seek that, actually. But just see, you know, that that's, I'm going to show you how that's coming from the, the buried stuff. And if you don't see it, and you just get sort of busy noticing, allowing, think about what you're doing. Those thoughts are connected to the repression that you buried. Trauma creates our suffering. So you're sitting and looking at the, these effects of trauma, these stories, self-limiting beliefs. And yeah, someday those may quiet if you watch them long enough. But it's like going out in your garden and you want to get rid of the weeds and you just keep pulling them up day after day after day. And you just don't realize that if you would get under the ground and get the roots, you could stop doing that. You could end suffering. But it has to go all the way down in the body because the body's producing that suffering. If you end spiritual seeking, you haven't end, ended suffering. Now, now, there might be somebody out there who ends the seeking and then there's no more suffering. But the suffering is bigger. To me, the seeking is just one trauma response. Another trauma response is chronic pain. Another trauma response is addiction. Another trauma response is depression. So we teachers who said that we were done too early, we didn't understand trauma. So we were just focusing with seekers on that trauma response. If they could end seeking, that's it. We didn't understand trauma. These people who came to us and the teachers themselves continue to experience trauma in the form of chronic pain, disease. There's a story of a teacher becoming depressed and suicidal, cheating on wives, stepping, stepping off or through boundaries, crossing boundaries. That is the trauma. Do you see what we missed? All of suffering is a trauma response. But in spirituality, sometimes we just focus on, I just need to stop seeking. That's just one trauma response. Go deeper. <laughs> Thank you for listening to my story. If you're interested in starting this path, if you haven't already, 
go to killaby.com, K-I-L-O-B-Y.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and take that test. I'll guide you through a test that will show you, one, if you have emotional repression, two, what buried emotions that consists of, and three, how that repression produces suffering in your life. Killaby.com, scroll to the bottom of the page.